Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. You know, it's like an alphabet suit. These terrorist organizations, who's who, there's Hamas in the Gaza, Islamic Jihad, Fatah. Then you go up to the Lebanese border, direct agents of Iran and the Ayatollahs, Hezbollah. And there are other terrorist organizations out and about, particularly in the sub-Saharan deserts of Africa, where many of our illegal aliens are coming from now, with uh, units uh, allied to ISIS and al-Qaeda. You look all over the Middle East, the Persian Gulf, Africa, dotted with... uh, tribal warfare that exists, sometimes between these radical terrorist groups, but oftentimes uniting them, and the unification is that we are the big Satan, we need to be destroyed, the United States, and the little Satan is Israel, and they need to be destroyed. But who are these uh, cult of personality types that are able to organize massive groups of young men? who have little to do and nowhere to go into a cult of murder, a cult of what results in a form of uh, sort of uh, kamikaze approaches with the goal of being that if you become a jihadist, you will be lifted up unto the Paradise Express, zoom to Allah's side and have uh, 72 Virgins at your cult, things you can't do in the real world, you'll be able to do up at Allah's side. And many of these young men foolishly believe the propaganda that is generally perpetuated by older guys, most of whom decided they weren't going to take that first-class passenger seat on the Paradise Express and get zoomed to Allah's side. So now when we talk uh, Hamas, I'll never forget it was, uh, I think, back in about 1987 that you had. They always, uh, all of these leaders, they always seem to be missing eyes. You know, they got eye patches. They got hooks for arms. Uh, you know, if uh, if they were in Gitmo because they were members of al-Qaeda, we gave them uh, prosthetic devices, and then they went back into the body, by, battlefield. How foolish of us. But there was uh, Sheikh Ahmed Yassin. You remember that name wrong way, Lou Rafino? Sheikh Ahmed Yassin. Old codger, was wheelchair bound, had been a Palestinian refugee in the Gaza for years, engineered a suicide attack in 1993. And uh, during that first intifada, uh, this is when he organized Hamas, the religious Religious crazies. And it was to go up against the secular crazies of Yasser Arafat and the PLO. I always asked, as I asked back then, uh, 
Did Mossad have anything to do with this, which is the internal intelligence group of Israel? Shin Bet is the foreign intelligence group. Did they help create Hamas to blunt the thrust and the strength of Yasser Arafat and the PLO? Nobody ever wants to answer that question. But Hamas became very strong, and Hamas means Islamic resistance movement. And it came about because it has ties to the Muslim Brotherhood. It came about in 1920 in Egypt and has oftentimes have allies in Qatar, where they actually have a delegation. Interesting, Qatar is that place where the Taliban has a delegation, where Hamas has a delegation, Hezbollah has a delegation, Turkey, obviously Iran. But when you look at Qatar, we have our largest air force base in the entire Middle East and Persian Gulf right there in that island of Qatar. You try to figure that out. But Qatarians are very friendly to terrorists, and they've always been friendly to terrorists. And remember, we've had our own experiences with terrorists who always seem to have physically something wrong with them. How could you ever forget one of the leaders of the Muslim Brotherhood who engineered the assassination of Anwar Sadat, leader of Egypt, how dare he negotiate a peace with Israel, Menachem Begum. Nobody ever thought that would happen. The Camp David Accords. Jimmy Carter pulled a a rabbit out of his hat in that one, and we thought, wow, there would be peace between Egypt and Israel, and there has been, and cooperation, and trade, and travel. But uh, Sheikh Omar Abdel Come on, you remember him wrong way, Lurafino, the blind-eyed Santa Claus hat-wearing imam of hate. Uh, blind, uh, as he would go from mosque to mosque on Atlantic Avenue and preach death to America, death to Israel, and then over to Jersey City, likewise. He was in the bowels of an Egyptian jail. He was on trial for the assassination of their leader, Anwar Sadat, and our CIA negotiated his release. That's why I call them criminals in action, so that he could help raise money for the Mujahideen, get troops for the Mujahideen, along with Osama bin Laden, who eventually formed al-Qaeda, so we could repulse the Soviet invasion. That was when Carter was president, and then obviously when Reagan. And if you remember, Dan Rather was over there wearing a schmata on his head as the the Mujahideen. Our guys were firing rockets at the Soviet Afghans and the Soviet troops there. And all of our guys turned on us. As did Sheikh Omar Abdel Rahman, the blind-eyed Santa Claus hat-wearing imam of hate. As they all do. They hate us. They hate the Israelis. They hate Western civilization. And then I'll never forget in the aftermath of 9-11, there was a guy in Finsbury Park in London who was leading demonstrations uh, against America saying we deserve the attack on 9-11. And he was praying for more in his mosque. And he actually led demonstrations through the streets of his followers. I'll never forget his name because he had two hooks instead of arms blown off while making bombs in Afghanistan for the Taliban. His name was Abu Hamza al-Masri, an Egyptian. And in fact, for years, the Brits uh, allowed him to continue to have fiery sermons. Terrorists from across the world would travel to England to hear him. 
and they included uh, the Brit Richard Reed. Remember who tried to blow up an airliner in 2001 by pulling the ripcord on his Nikes, and then they tackled him, uh, that Miami flight, as the bomb was hidden in his Nikes? And Zacharias Musari, who pled guilty to conspiring in the September 11th, 2001 attack that killed 3,000 Americans. And we knew all this. And finally, the hook went on trial, one-eyed, handless clerk, jihadist, who couldn't even wipe his own tush. He had to have a correctional officer wipe his tush when he would uh, cop a squat on the porcelain palace. And he's doing triple life uh, without parole in Florence, Colorado, the maximum security prison, along with other terrorists that we've dealt with. But if you notice, they're all characters, right? They all... They all are missing limbs. They got hooks for hands. Uh, we gave them prosthetics when their legs got blown off. They don't have eyes. They're blind. And now we have the latest. We've been told that the leader of Hamas, the mastermind of these savage killings, has survived seven assassination attempts at the hands of the Israelis and has been dubbed the new Osama bin Laden. And the new Osama bin Laden. Mohammed Deef, most wanted for decades. And you say to yourself, well, wait a second, if he was in the Gaza, how did he survive? Well, attempts to kill the 58-year-old have claimed both his hands and legs and an eye, leaving him permanently confined to a wheelchair, as most of them are confined to a wheelchair. You would think this would have been a guy you could have got, But he escaped time and time again. When we come back, I think uh, I see a weakness in the overall attempt to rein in all these Gaza terrorists, whether they be the leaders of the pack, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, the remaining elements of Fatah. I think some of them have already gotten away, and we heard about it first. I don't think anybody realized it. Early this morning on Sid with friends. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. Talking about this is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa.
no doubt this is the equivalent, if not greater, for the state of Israel. What we went through in the attack in 9-11 by Osama bin Laden and al-Qaeda. And some of the same things are occurring. It is amazing to me that some of the exact same things are occurring. Remember in the aftermath of 9-11, initial reports were that Saudi nationalists were involved. The majority of the attackers were from Saudi Arabia. And so we wondered, gee, it was the House of Fraud. 3,000 members are part of the House of Fraud. They have the fake mustaches and beards. They wear the shmatas on their head. They're the guardians of Mecca and Medina and the sands of Saudi Arabia. But you see them in New York. They got their knockoff Armani suits. They're chasing skirts. They're knocking back vodka, scotch, you name it, and smoking weed. And, I mean, they're decadent and debaucherous. Right here, they can be wild and uh, crazy. They got endless amounts of money. There are 3,000 of them. And uh, we were told that none of them were directly involved in funding, aiding, and abetting Osama bin Laden, son of the largest construction firm owner based in Saudi Arabia for the entire Middle East and the Persian Gulf. But, oh, no. Uh, Nothing, nothing. We were told nothing. And then remember soon after when we inquired why were charter flights being allowed to fly out of the United States when all flights were grounded in order to take Saudi Arabian nationals back to their country into the sands of Saudi Arabia. And nobody in the government would ever answer that question. Bush 43, Cheney, none of them. Absolutely none of them. Then the FBI claimed to have interviewed all persons of interest on these flights prior to their departure, and we were told years later that they concluded that none of the passengers was connected to the 9-11 attacks in any way, shape, or form, and that there was no evidence of that found, that people like myself were rumor-mongering. I said to myself, now, wait a second. All flights were banned. Why would we let Saudi nationals out of our country, flying back to the country of origin, where most of the conspirators, most of the hostage takers, most of the suicide uh, killers were from Saudi Arabia? And to this day, Nobody believes the story that Bush 43's government told, or at that time, Dick Cheney. And then this morning, maybe the most important thing that has been said of a lot of misinformation that's out there and a lot of truth that's being said. And this was about by a journalist who actually, Noam Layden, our news director informed me, was provided by my sister, Maria Slewa who runs a great PR agency. She's done a lot of work for me in my campaign and additional uh, work that I do as leader of the Guardian Angels. She's great. Uh, But you've heard him a few times uh, with Sid Rosenberg since the attacks on the weekend. His name is Alex Trayman. He's a Jerusalem journalist, and he says, the Gaza border to Egypt had been opened 
When I heard that, I was stunned. One of the generals in the IDF, you know, made an announcement saying, you know, that the, the border between Gaza and Egypt is open for the time being. And he urged as many Gazans to get out of the Strip as possible while that border is still open, because what's about to come down, uh, what's about to rain down on Gaza is going to be uh, extremely severe, much more severe than what we've even seen uh, so far. Do you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? That's the most important news of this day, is that a decision was made, and I'm sure it was in conjunction with Israel, as Israel announced it, that Egypt opened up a portion of its barrier that goes eight miles uh, along the border with with Gaza uh, into the Sinai Desert, and that they allowed Gazans to leave. Now, what's to suggest that the leaders of Hamas, Islamic Jihad, Fatah, these are the guerrillas, these are those that have been trained, uh, the fighters, that some of them didn't integrate in with the women, the children, the elderly, maybe even the mastermind, uh, this guy who they claim has been uh, the subject of assassination by the Israelis seven times, uh, he's got no hands, legs, he's got an eye, one eye, one eye missing, and he lives permanently confined in a wheelchair. W- what suggests that this guy, Mohammed Deef, was not able to escape? you got to ask these questions because you remember we had Osama bin Laden on the run in Afghanistan. The B-52 bombers were dropping death and destruction in the hills, the mountains of Tora Bora. And, I mean, they were carpet bombing every day, and rightfully so. We found out later that Osama bin Laden, who stood out in a crowd in Afghanistan, would stand out in a crowd anyways, like six foot nine, could be, look like a forward on an NBA team, escape by wearing a burqa escaped amongst the many Afghans that were trying to escape the deep B-52 carpet bombing along with members of al-Qaeda. And we've seen this before. So as Israel begins to bomb over and over Gaza, there's a number of questions that you have to ask yourself. We've been told by both the Israelis and independent media sources that as the air raid sirens continue to go on, even in Ashkelon, in the southern portion of Israel, I, I never visited Ashkelon, but it's a city, uh, that Hamas continues to pour rockets in from the Gaza. Now, estimates are they've fired already about 4,000 missiles now. They claim that within two years, they've compiled these missiles. And then remember, Islamic Jihad, they have their missiles. And they've fired it in uh, out of the Gaza into surrounding kibbutzim and towns and villages in southern Israel. So ask yourself, how the hell did they get all these missiles into Gaza, which is blockaded in? By sea, you have the Israeli Navy, Israeli Coast Guard, Mediterranean Sea. You have the Egyptian Navy, Egyptian Coast Guard, where almost every boat, including fisher boats, fishermen boats, get stopped. You have the eight miles of uh, barrier on the Egyptian side leading into the Sinai, 32 miles on the Israeli side 
leading into southern Israel. How did 4,000 missiles, even if they came in parts and had to be assembled in the tunnels underneath the Gaza, how did they get in there? Well, we know Iran supplied them. But you can't just walk in there. You can't just drive an 18-wheel tractor trailer truck in there. You can't hide contraband uh, in along with humanitarian aid that comes in on a regular basis. At least it did, but... The head of the IDF has said no food, no water, no electricity is going to be going into the Gaza. How did 4,000 missiles, maybe more, make their way into the Gaza? Well, what does war tell us? That there are always profiteers on both sides of any war. Profiteers who don't mind who they do business with. You may have remembered uh, in the time of uh, Robin Leach, lifetime of the rich and famous how oftentimes he would uh, be interviewing Adnan Khashoggi, the Saudi, uh, who became at that time briefly the richest man in the world because he would sell weapons to anybody. He was a profiteer. He didn't care. Friend or foe, terrorist or nation, you had need for weapons. He had need for dinars for, uh, at that time, Frank's uh American dollars, whatever the currency was, he would sell you weapons. Richest guy in the world for a while. Featuring on the lifetime of the rich and famous with Robin Leach leading an ostentatious lifestyle. There are lots of profiteers out there. It could be Arab uh, profiteers. It could be Palestinian profiteers. It could be Israeli profiteers. You have to fathom that in, especially when you look at the complete collapse of the security system, Mossad, movies have been made about them. That's the domestic wing of intelligence, Shin Bet, the international wing. Then there's our National Security Agency with all the acronyms that follow, names uh, I've never heard before, but supposedly they're all working in harmony. Satellites trained on Gaza, which is a rectangular box where nothing can go in or go out, tunnels that have been built before, underneath the barriers into the Sinai in Egypt, into the southern area of Israel. On a regular basis, they find those tunnels, they blow them up. So you ask, you say, how, how did that all get in there? These are questions that definitely have to be answered. And how it is that they have all these weapons. Now you would say, okay, the weapons came from Afghanistan when the Taliban seized the weapons that the United States left behind. That may well be true. But still, how do you get them into that rectangular box? They weren't parachuted in. Right? They weren't paragliding in. Were they brought in by sea? Kind of difficult. Israel's got that Mediterranean Sea area pretty much blockaded along with the Egyptians. Did people take bribes to look the other way? There needs to be an intense investigation and hopefully not the kind that was done on 9-11 where we gave the Saudis every excuse in the world because we know the House of Fraud, that some of the members of the royal family were in fact funding the terrorists. So this is to be continued. And I'm telling you, whereas everybody else is saying, oh, we'll deal with that. We'll deal with that in another time. You know, we got to deal with the enemy at hand. I understand that. 
But I'm also somebody broadcasting here who has traveled the length of Israel on three occasions after the second intifada when nobody went there. Nobody. And most importantly, in the 50th anniversary of Israel, which was 1998, I went from settlement to settlement to Ariel, Efrat, Kiryat Arba, suburb of Hebron. Wow. That was intense. Far Etzion, all of these places, and the Gaza. I was in the Gaza for a few hours. It was run by the Palestinian Authority at that time. No barriers. And I'm telling you, every Israeli I came across, almost every Israeli, was carrying a gun, a pistol, a rifle, semi-automatic, automatic weapon of some type. They were skilled with it. They knew how to use it. When the settlers, almost all of them from America, some from Australia, some from Britain who were doing Alia, would drive me from settlement to settlement. They all had weapons. They were prepared to get out on the road and do battle if Palestinian snipers were trying to snipe at their car. I got to believe that everything like that has been relaxed enormously. To have a rave in the middle of the desert there, not far from the Gaza, with hundreds of young people there doing Molly and ecstasy and dancing around like whirly, whirling dervishes, like here in our country, like in Europe, and no armed guards, and none of them had weapons. I find that incredibly difficult to understand how in 1998 everyone was carrying a weapon, and apparently now few of any of the Israelis are carrying weapons. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. No, 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 I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry. I know Monday was would have been your 83rd birthday. Uh, I know there's always going to be a quadrant of people out there. Give peace a chance. Call a ceasefire. Israel, don't unleash your power on the Gaza, on Hamas, Islamic Jihad, Fatah, innocent civilians. That ain't happening. But the reason I play that has nothing to do with what's going on in the Middle East or the Persian Gulf. It's what transpired at the beginning of... Uh, notice I'm the only one calling it Columbus Day Parade, calling it uh, Italian Heritage Day, Indigenous Peoples Day. Right? So many words, you know, you fumble and mumble and stumble your way through that. No, it's the Columbus Day Parade. And I was broadcasting at the very start. 12 noon yesterday. It's a full hour of broadcast. And at the very beginning, shock and awe. No, it had nothing to do with dropping uh, uh, bombs on Baghdad. That was a term that was used, shock and awe. But it had to do with what former Senator Al D'Amato had to say to me and the WABC audience as I was hosting the start. And get it right, it's the Columbus Day Parade. Oh, Senator D'Amato here, hold on a second. 
the best man fighting for New York and what's right to clean up the streets is Curtis Schliwa. And that comes from Al D'Amato. And I haven't always agreed with him, but he's doing one hell of a job. Curtis, keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Former Senator Al D'Amato, a regular contributor to the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion here at WABC. And as many of you know, from time to time, Senator, we've been like two scorpions in a brandy glass. Today, the stingers are off. We're in solidarity. It's over. Many, many years. Many, many years. Too many to count. Too many bodies. I, I, I'll do a whole piece on this uh, on the weekend when you can hear me from 12 midnight to 6 uh, in the morning to the break of dawn. So many battles. Sometimes we've been together. Other times we've been at odds. But that was yesterday's Columbus Day Parade. Today, uh, oh, in fact, afterwards, uh, I headed down to the United Nations. I saw the last of the uh, battles uh, that were taking place. I just saw some uh, sparking up verbally between those that were there to support the state of Israel and naturally those, the DSA, Democrat Socialists of America. That's a problem Democrats got to deal with. They got a wing of their party that supports Hamas, uh, Islamic Jihad, Fatah, uh, anybody that hates Israel, they seem to have latched on to them. But they were sparking off with one another. But it was the tail end. Lots of cops. And I anticipate tonight uh, Jews are being asked to come to 47th and 2nd Avenue at Dag Hammarskjöld Plaza by 5 by the UJA Federation, Democrats. Uh, the JCRC, Democrats. As they call it, New York stands with Israel, vigil and a rally. I'll see how many, if they've crossed over the Maginot line of politics. I'm assuming Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, will be there because the UJA recently paid for a trip that he took to Israel uh, to basically shake down contributors over there. But I noticed there's no Gentile sponsoring groups. So will be another rally where you have almost all Jews talking to other Jews, mostly Democrats, more in terms of victimization and in fighting back. It's what you got to do, fight back. It's like what's going on in Astoria. Tiffany Caban, who's up for re-election, the city councilwoman, the mini-me of AOC, Democratic Socialist, has been endorsed by Linda Sassour, the number one anti-Semite in New York City. And we have our candidate, Kelly Klingman. That's who you got to vote for. Uh, but this this is going to be the battlefront with the upcoming city council elections that nobody seems to know about. We're going to get more into it because we got to take out the DSA because they hate Israel and they clearly hate Jews unless there are Jews who are self-hating. Also on October 20th, 77 WABC and Ramsey Mazda are backing the blue with special programming all day. All you got to do is download the 77 WABC app and listen all day on October 20th.